Hey everyone, Mike here. Got another podcast. Uh, this podcast is about Agile and Agile not just for software. Um, this is a trend I've been seeing over the past few years and it's, it's actually getting to the point where I would say in the training classes I run and the clients I work with, over half of the people and, and people in my classes that I'm working with are not from the software industry or don't work in software. So this includes roles from HR to engineering to procurement. Um, it's it's really moved. Like it's uh, agile is in my in my opinion is moving mainstream. And you know we have people from HR to procurement to engineering. They're all looking at agile and they're trying to integrate it into how they work. And many companies are trying to make trying to create agile organizations. So today I'm just going to talk about a few thoughts I have uh, around this and and uh, or about you know. Agile outside of software, agile organizations, you know, what does it look like and, um, you know, the good, the challenges and, you know, what I think needs to happen uh, for this to be successful for everyone, not just those of us in software, technology, product development, but also for, you know, people in, in HR who are looking at, let's say, you know, integrating agile into how they work. So let's start with why this is good and why I think it's actually a very good thing. Now, first and foremost, I, I, I fundamentally and uh, believe that Agile is a much better way of working. Uh, and let's just start with it from a business perspective. It's, um, you, you know, it's, it's much more flexible, adaptable to, you know, changing uh, market conditions, to things that are happening uh, in a market. It also, uh, you know, um, it, it tends towards, um, you know, really a lot of lean principles, sort of just in time and, you know, uh, things that will improve cash flow for a business that are very important. Um, also importantly um, is, you know, sort of moving away from uh, what I'll call risk averse cultures, cultures, uh, companies that, you know, where, where people have not had to change or people have resisted change for so long or the company has resisted change that, you know, people become very fragile and they don't want this change. And, you know, if, so, if their work, their job changes, it becomes very upsetting and demoralizing. So again, so, you know, this is one of the advantages in my opinion is, you know, you create an adaptive culture, one that is not um, troubled by change. It's, it's a culture that expects it and actually is creating change daily. I also think it's it's just more fun, you know. It's a focus. You know, at the end of the day, it sort of brings a little joy back into work. You know, I mean, this has been my experience with this for the last 20 years. You know, agile underneath it all was you know just a different view of humanity that looked at people as a very important part of what we're doing, and um, you know, versus sort of the reductionist view of you know machines or cogs in a machine that'll you know that you you know sort of unimportant um, you know from uh, from a dynamics perspective, it's just sort of we come in and we follow this rule or process. You know, it's kind of like a horse or a machine, right? So, anyway, this is a this is I think a, a tremendous benefit to you know what I, what I what hopefully I, most people will see is a benefit to their work environment, to their dynamics of going into a job where they feel they're contributing and they're you know they're they're fun, creative, and you know doing cognitive type work. Now. Um, you know, some of this, of course, you know, relies on, you know, letting go of some industrial era mindsets and practices, some of the, you know, what I'll call sort of soul-sucking behaviors, the, you know, people, you know, who live in um, or work in um, areas where they, you know, they're kind of removed from everyone else and there's, 
you know, lack of collaboration and conversation and discussion amongst groups and, and understanding of work and, and how people's work fits together. And, you know, that, that mo mode is more common uh, than I'm than, than not. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's surprising to me as, as someone from the world of software, as I'm encountering more and more business groups sort of outside of my, my range of product development, to find that there's a lot of really broken, um, just not, not just uh, dynamics, but, but people environments where conversation doesn't happen. And it's, there's a lot of fear, uh, fear that is, prevents uh, people from talking, asking questions. Uh, there's, there's very much a one direction sort of, uh, you know, command and control view of how people work. And uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's kind of soul sucking stuff, man. And so I think, I think this is actually a tremendous, tremendous benefit uh, for everyone uh, to start moving away from that mindset and that way of working. So if you're in an organization that's moving to Agile and you're worried about it, well, you know, don't be so worried about moving into Agile. What I would be worried about is, you know, hey, you want to be sure um, that you're, you're focusing on how you're going to be able to contribute with your, your thoughts, your creativity, with your ability to collaborate with everyone around you and bridge ideas together. Those are the things that are gonna uh, make you successful uh, moving forward. But Agile itself is not a bad way of working. So, um, so hopefully you're not worried about that too much. Now, a few challenges. So, um, so here's some challenges, and I do think there are some out there for companies trying to move into Agile as they're, as they're looking at, well, where do we start? What do we do? Um, so let's start first with where, you know, where Agile comes from, and it is the Agile Manifesto for Software Development. And so Agile ha Agile's roots are from the world of software and technology and product development in that space. I mean, uh, you know, the proponents of the Agile Manifesto, they all emerged in the early, early to mid-90s. Uh, in that period, right, that's when the personal computer had, was exploding and there was lots of software products all of a sudden being built. On top of that, the machine that changed the world was written in 1990. So at the same time, you had sort of, you know, this angst and worry about, you know, Japanese companies taking over American industries. And so with that, you know, that, you know this obviously was influencing everybody's mindset. So a lot of ideas and concepts around trying to avoid, you know, heavy process and things that were wasteful and things that were going to be um, less competitive in the market. So that's where those those ideas came from. But again, from the world of software, right? So, um, you know, and, and really from a development background. So this is, you know, groups who worked in developing products or developing systems for companies, right? That, but you weren't in those, in those environments, you weren't an operational sort of frontline kind of person. So this is where some of the disconnects start to merge because most companies out there, particularly traditional sort of large scale corporate companies, they're primarily operationally focused. There's very little in the way of development in a lot of companies like that, like this. Uh, often all of the development can be completely outsourced. So really the, uh, the people who are working in these companies tend to be exclusively operational. So you have sort of a, a company that is sort of set up with an operational mindset, operational um, organizational structure, uh, you know, and and now you're introducing sort of not just development mindset, but then you think about research mindset. So research, development, operations. So this is one of the gaps, right? Um, so the so if you're coming at this from an operational mindset and you're encountering people from the world of software, well, they're from development. There's a bit of a misunderstanding there in terms of what that work looks like. If you're an operational work, well, your work isn't going to look like new product development. 
Now, having said that, you may start to recognize the need to build new, new products or new systems to help enable better operations, in which case you're starting to think about how do I structure this in my organization, operations and development in sync, so, or DevOps. Uh, on top of that, um, in addition, so in a lot of the world today, you'll, you're probably, if you may or may not be hearing about digital transformation, you certainly, I'm, I'm sure most of you have, and this often will include now uh, sort of research or innovation. And so research and innovation, uh, as opposed to the development operational side of a business, is uh, thinking ahead, like what is the thing five years from now, 10 years from now, what, is the, what are these ideas that that, um, that, you, that you might build and how do we come up with the ideas and test them to see what could be this thing that could disrupt our market, create a new product or new service or new company for that matter. Um, now that, that mindset in that world is also not like development. So you remember the, the guys from software, I mean, they really were in development, right? Product development. Uh, but the research side of things is not like development and development folks, they'll, you know, and I'm, I'm, my background is software development and I'll tell you, that we really would prefer to just take the idea and start to build it. We'd rather not spend too much time talking about it. And there can be often, from people in development, sometimes frustration around, you know, not knowing, you know, not getting clarity on what it is people want. Um, of course, in research and innovation, that's going to be pretty standard. In fact, you, you want as many ideas as possible, and your whole point is to test them as quickly as possible and, and as cheaply as possible, not be building anything uh, until you've actually validated that it's something that people want or it's a valid product. So, again, so, you know, a lot of the people from the Agile world and a lot of what you might read that'll be very development focused, you may be coming from an operational standpoint, and the other gap will be the research and innovation piece. So, not impossible, you just need to know what you're walking into and what to look at and, and sort of understand with a filter what you're reading about when you're, you know, when you're starting to learn and, uh, or trying to understand what Agile might mean or how you might make this work with your company or team. Now, now what do I think, uh, you know, what do I think needs to happen? You know, I think, uh, you know, I think going forward i think agility i think it needs a voice in business and, and that voice i think needs to be separate from development and software i think um as this becomes something agile organizations and agility in business becomes something that's more and more prevalent i think there needs to be um you know uh some inertia and momentum around what this means and uh, so this is one thing so um, again another one is also you know a stronger focus on principles and values you know, starting there, like this is what lean is. Lean is principles and values. So is a Toyota way. Many uh, principle, ba principle and value-based systems out there, and Agile is one of them as well. Um, actually, check out my first podcast where I talk about that, you know, Agile being a principle and value-based system. Now, um, moving on with this, though, um, you know, this is where anybody, particularly if, if there's so many people out there, if there's many different companies trying to create an Agile organization, Right? You don't want to start with a bunch of rules from software. That probably isn't the right place to start. You want to start with what are those values and principles and then use those to align yourself and your team, you and your team, with you know, what are the tools and practices and approaches that you might select uh, or even create um, so you can start to establish rules that are in alignment with those values and principles of Agile. Um, so again, start. I think that's that a stronger focus on that is what we're going to start to need in the industry because I, you know, starting with the rules of Scrum is not going to make sense uh, for a company uh, to, you know, start to become an agile organization. Now, 
another area is I think, and this is related to this, right? This values and principles is a uh, a, a more focus on leadership and culture. So, you know, again, this is um, sort of not trying to not start with the rules. We want to start with what does a leadership and culture model look like? And um, so moving into self-organization, um, trying to create adaptive cultures and, and uh, innovative cultures, ones that collaborate and generative, generative cultures that are uh, looking at ideas and improvements and continuous improvement in both uh, you know, operations and development and research and innovation. Uh, I think also, finally, I think those of us from software and our background being software, I think we need to let go of Agile to a certain extent. Um, you know, I think it may be too important for us to hold on to. It's uh, something that, you know, if, if our industries are going to be successful with this, we need to open the door and let it grow to become what it needs to be for really a broader audience out, out there in the world, um, people doing meaningful work, but it's not software. And so I think this has to be something we, we start to let go of or open the door to include um, and to make this more relevant to the, to the broader world. Now, finally, uh, a little bit of getting started. So if you're listening to this, thinking about, well, okay, so Mike, um, it's been great. I've been listening to you. You're still here, right? So what might, what might you do to get started? Well, Again, as I mentioned, I think leadership, leadership, um, you know, start, starting there, looking at what that, what does that leadership model look like? Um, you know, moving from command and control, to command and control to servant leadership, which is what it tends to, agile leadership tends to look like. Um, you know, uh, organizationally, you know, if you've got a hierarchical organization, you may need to look at networked organizations or may want to look at networked organizations either entirely or really for or just for components or parts of your organizational structure. You might also want to look at, you know, understanding the operational side, the development side and research or innovation pieces that you need to have in place for your industry, for your group or, you know, your business uh, so that these things are not only put in place, but they're actively um, active, actively uh, aligned and coherent together so that, you know, you have uh, research and innovation groups that are feeding new ideas or feeding, you know, new businesses. And your development group is uh, supporting this as well as uh, your operational group, you know, looking for ways to continually get better at how they deliver on the services you deliver today. Um, finally, uh, I'd say a move to the value stream, a focus on value stream. This is one, this comes from the world of lean, uh, but this is um, tackling a core problem that we still have in most corporate structures today, which is a focus on uh, a reductionist view of functions or activities to uh, accomplish work versus a value stream to deliver value where people and activities participate in them. This is a very different way of looking at it, and it's um, it's actually not that complicated, but it seems to be something very hard for us in the West to figure out. Um, I, I shouldn't say hard for us to figure out because the world of manufacturing figured this out here m decades ago. It's for some reason corporate structures tend to still be um, set up in an industrial age uh, with an industrial age mindset. So those things I would try to unwind and look at ways to unwind those across the board. That's my ops, my development, my research. Um, I guess, you know, that, that's my, that's, there, there we go. So, I mean, if in, in addition, you know, reach out to me. I mean, I've got thoughts and I've worked with lots of companies on these sorts of things. And, and I love to talk to folks about challenges they're having. Um, you know, there may have some, in, you may have some interesting questions for me. I may have some insights for you. Um, so please add a comment, send me a note. My contact information is in the, is in the podcast. Um, 
Thanks for listening. Uh, please give me a good rating if you can on the podcast platform you're on. I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking for uh, as many as much uh, help as I can from my listeners. Uh, so I would appreciate that. And with that, I will say thank you, and look forward to uh, speaking with you again in my next podcast.